0: All right, so we are in week three of this little short series that we've been doing called No Offense, No Offense. Uh, To start, I want to ask you some questions today, all right? And where I come from, when someone asks you a question, you should respond to it, all right? And so uh, let me just ask you, are you a person who has a hard time saying no? No. Wait a minute, that didn't feel, that right. are you, yes, oh, okay, all right, um, when you do say no, when you tell someone no, I can't do that, I can't be there, I can't do this thing, whatever, when you, when you tell someone no, do you feel compelled to follow it up with a long explanation? Okay, all right, you, you got you to gotta explain to them. Um, are you a person that feels guilty when you rest? When you just say, like, hey, I just need a day off, I'm just going to do nothing today. How many feel like an unproductive slob when that happens? All right. How about taking a nap? Would you condemn yourself if you took a nap? <laughs> We're divided. <laughs> We're divided. Some, some folks like, I've conquered that. <laughs> well, do you know, uh, how about a person, are you a person that feels like your schedule manages you instead of you managing your schedule? How, how many would say that? It's like, I just put my phone and wherever it tells me to be, that's where I, that's where I go. I just asked my wife, where do we got to be today? Last night, Mariah, we're trying to go to bed. Our 12-year-old, it is, it is Saturday night at after 10 o'clock. She's laying on her bed with us. We're talking. She's like, hey, what do we have to do on Monday? <laughs> Shut up, little girl. <laughs> All right? <laughs> I'm just trying to go to sleep now, and then I got tomorrow. Don't ask me about Monday. I don't know, but uh, how many feel like your, your schedule manages you? All right, so all of these things, all of these, all of these questions we just asked, you know what those are? those are? Those are indicators that you might struggle with setting boundaries. might struggle with setting boundaries. I know I do. I don't think most people are good at setting boundaries, but I think Christians are especially bad at setting boundaries. Why? Well, because our faith is driven by things like service, and grace, and mercy, and generosity that we just talked about, which all those things in and of themselves are good things, but I think at times our emphasis on those things can make us feel bad or wrong when we set boundaries. So so often we just don't. <laughs> we just don't do it. Well, today we're going to conclude this series called No Offense, and I believe one of the leading causes of offense is a lack of Boundaries. I want to say that again. I believe one of the leading causes of offense in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our relationships is actually a lack of boundaries. So the, this morning I thought it would do us well to look into the life of Jesus. And how he dealt with offense by having good boundaries in his life. Some of us this morning, I think, are going to see a side of Jesus that perhaps we have never seen before. I think some of us might leave here surprised to say, I didn't even know that was in the Bible. Like, I didn't know Jesus interacted with his friends and his family and even his rivals in that regard. So let's take a look at a few of, uh, examples of the boundaries in his life. Let's go to Luke chapter 4 today. If you want to follow along on the screen behind me, that's fine. Or if you've got a Bible or Version Bible app, you can pull up the scriptures on those. Luke 4 and verse 42 is where we will begin. It says, Now when it was day, he, the he here being Jesus, departed and went into a deserted place And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. So Jesus is ministering in Galilee. He's done some awesome things, right? He's been preaching. He's been teaching. He's healed some people. He's cast out demons. But now he's determined two things. Number one, he's determined, I need to rest. I need to rest. So he goes off by himself to a deserted place. Number two, he's determined that his time in that area of Galilee is done. He's determined that it is time for him to move on. But here's the problem. There is a crowd of people in Jesus' life that knows no boundaries. They want more of him than he's able to give. And even though he's already went off to this deserted place to be alone and get some rest, they follow him. You see, some folks just don't know boundaries. Have you ever told someone no? And they go, why? I say they invite, hey, can you get together on Friday night? And you go, no. And they go, why not? What else do you have going on? If you have someone like that in your life, just do that. Don't go all the way up because they're probably here with you. Just do that. I see those fingers. I see those fingers. What is that? That's a person who doesn't know boundaries. Your no should be good enough, and your why is none of their business. That was good, so I will say it again. (laughs) If someone asks you if you want to do something, you say no. Now listen, if it's your boss, you need to have some wisdom right? (laughs) Or you might find yourself down at the unemployment office. But your no should be good enough and your why is actually none of their business. Here's what I'm slowly learning about boundaries. No one else can automatically see your boundaries. Therefore, you have to clearly mark them. You have to clearly mark them. When we were buying this piece of Uh, property here. We had to have a survey crew come in and survey the land so we knew exactly what belonged to us and exactly what belonged to our neighbors. You could see some of the boundary lines. You could see a driveway. You could see the corners of the building. But the the property lines don't run, you know, in perfectly straight lines. Therefore, we had to have a crew come in and mark out our boundaries. And when it comes to our own personal limitations, no one else can set those for us. We have to set them for ourselves. And here's the key. We need to set them without feeling guilty. Set it and forget it. Just like that new oven you ordered late last night, right? Jesus is ministering to lots of people. He's tired. He feels like his time is done there. He's withdrawn to a place to be alone. But because the crowd doesn't understand boundaries, they they follow him. They follow him. How many have kids that follow you into the bathroom? How many have pets that want to follow you into the bathroom? Come on, Max. Give me a moment. Right? It's, It's uncomfortable. Look at verse 43, but he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. So even though the crowd is pressuring him, and I'm sure they're great people, I'm sure their needs were legitimate, but Jesus looks at him and he says, hey, y'all, I'm leaving. Bye. He goes on to the next place. You might say, Pastor, you're looking at one obscure passage of scripture where Jesus sets a boundary. No, wait, there's more. Look. Verse, uh, let's go to Luke 5. Turn over one chapter. Luke 5, verse 12. And it happened when he, Jesus, was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus and fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and he touched him, saying, I'm willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left, God, left him. Praise God, right? There's a miraculous healing. Verse 14. But watch, Jesus set a boundary. And he charged him to tell no one. Jesus says, I'm I'm healing you, but don't tell anybody. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them just as Moses commanded. So Jesus says, I'm willing to heal you, but please don't tell everyone. Just, Just go tell the priest, but don't publish this. But, because people don't always honor boundaries, the leper went and told everybody. So what did Jesus do? He set another boundary. Look at verse 15. However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Verse 16. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. You've got to understand the life of Jesus here. He's doing things that no one else could do. He's healing people of leprosy. He's casting out demons. He's feeding the multitudes supernaturally. So, of course, thousands and thousands of people, they want to touch him. They want to talk to them and, er, er, him. And even though their needs are real, their needs are legitimate, Jesus is living in a human body. He knows his own limits. So the scripture said he often, everyone say often. often. He often withdraws to a wilderness for rest and prayer. This wasn't a one-off. This was an often. This was a pattern in the life of Jesus. Jesus set boundaries on his time. He set boundaries on his energy. And he did it without guilt. Do you know Jesus even took naps? He did. You remember the story? Mark chapter four. He and his disciples are on a boat in the middle of a storm. And the disciples think they're about to die. And where's Jesus? Do you remember? He's asleep on a pillow. He had a my pillow. He took it with him everywhere. In the, the stern. And and here's what they did when, when he didn't jump up and respond to this emergency right away. They accused him of not caring. But when Jesus woke up, he didn't apologize. He said, "Oh guys, I'm so sorry, you know I care. you know I love, come on, you know I love you. Bring it in, bring it in." No, you know what He did? He actually rebuked them. He rebuked them, He said, "Boys, you've been living with me for three years. Where's your faith? Why didn't you rebuke the storm? He took naps. He didn't feel bad about it. He didn't apologize. Here's another indicator that you might not have good boundaries. Are you a person who apologizes all the time? <laughs> even over things that aren't your responsibility. If, if you feel responsible for everything, even if it's something you have no control over, that's a boundary issue. You gotta you gotta relieve yourself. <laughs> Of some of that, because that's 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 not your issue. That's not your responsibility. When you set a boundary to provide for your own care, people are going to they're going to often accuse you of being uncaring. They just will. But you've got to be self-aware enough to know your limits. We all have limits. Therefore, it's not just permissible to set boundaries. It is vital to have them. Boundaries set you up to finish well over the long haul. If you have no boundaries, you talk about offense, you will burn yourself out and then you will get mad at everyone around you because you're tired, because you're worn out. If you, if you want to serve, if you want to love God and love people well, good boundaries make for good neighbors. Right? And that's that's the same in in our relationships and with our time and with our energy and all that sort of stuff. God sets certain examples as boundaries. How about this one? Here's a boundary for you, the Sabbath day. It's a principle all throughout Scripture that God says you need at least one day per week to rest, to worship, and to invest in the relationships in your life. Don't work seven days. Don't work yourself crazy thinking that you got to produce everything. You need to set one day aside. What is God doing? He's setting a boundary on your time and on your energy. It's not so we can worship a day. Man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a gift to man because God in his wisdom knows we need it. How about tithing? Tithing is a boundary. Right? God says everything we have comes from Him. He's the source. What are we? We are the stewards. But He also says the love of money is the root of all evil. He also says that riches can actually deceive us. So then, to help us be blessed by money and not cursed by it, He sets a boundary on it. He says, give me the first fruits of all your increase. Don't spend it all on yourself because if you do, money will become a curse in your life. Therefore, set a boundary on it. And just like you take part of your week and you set it aside for rest and, and, and recreation and worship, he says, I want to take, take, you take part of your money, set it aside for things like giving and generosity. Tithing is a boundary. You know what marriage is? Marriage is a boundary. God knows the incredible power of love and sexual union. He knows it can be a tremendous blessing. So, He created something called marriage to be a boundary for that union. In marriage, you're saying, I'm going to love you and no one else. This part of me is so holy. This part of me is so sacred. I'm going to give it to you in marriage and no one else. I'm setting a boundary. Look around our culture today, and we can easily see the results of not setting a boundary on our sexuality. The results are disastrous. Disastrous. Friends, boundaries are absolutely vital to a healthy life. Do you know Jesus set boundaries with his family? There's a story, I think it's funny. It's in Mark chapter 3. Jesus is in a house, and he's doing a Bible study. And at this point in Jesus' ministry, his family is not supportive. They actually think he's lost his mind. That's what the Bible says. They think he's crazy. And so they go looking for him, and they they find that he's in this house teaching a Bible study. Let's look at Mark 3 and verse 31. Then his brothers and his mother came standing outside. They're outside the house. They sent to him calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Now listen, if the multitude could hear Mary yelling, Jesus, don't you think Jesus could hear it? He could hear it, but he doesn't drop everything. He doesn't constitute an emergency just because mama's yelling. If mama ain't happy, nobody happy. (laughs) Jesus just keeps on teaching. He just keeps on teaching. And he he doesn't run outside. He just keeps going. And finally, those who are inside attending, you know, they're probably they're probably nudging each other. Hey, tell him his mom's out there yelling. Tell him I can hear his brother James is out there yelling. Tell him. Tell him. No, you tell him. I'm not going to interrupt the master. Are you kidding? They're going back and forth. Finally, somebody, (coughs) Uh, Jesus, that blessed are the that thing there. You're doing that's awesome. Love what you're doing here, Jesus. That's why I'm here, taking notes. Love it, okay? We don't want to be rude or anything, but your mom won't stop yelling. (laughs) Right? She is outside. Yeah. Your brothers have joined in, Jesus. These are like, I mean, they just, they're going on and they're going on and they're going on. Jesus doesn't fold up this Bible, jump up and run outside. Look at what happens. Verse 33, but he answered them, who is my mother? What? Or my brothers. And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Wow. Some of us might read this story and say, Jesus, that's a little unkind. You should have dropped everything, ran outside to see what they wanted. But he didn't. He set a boundary. Even with those he Love. They were trying to distract him from what God had called him to do. And he wouldn't allow that distraction to take over his life. (coughs) Healthy boundaries are actually a part of love. If you want to love your family well, establish some healthy boundaries. That's not wrong. That's not rude. That's not unkind. It's actually a part of love. Many of us are living in turmoil because we have refused to set boundaries even in our own families. Hear me. Not everything in your family is your responsibility. Not everything in your family is your responsibility. If you've got a family member who continually misbehaves with money, you might help them out once or twice. But if you just continue to be their ATM, you're not loving them well. You need to set a boundary. You need to help them understand. Send them to Financial Peace University, which we're doing in January, by the way. But seriously, set a boundary. Don't feel guilty about it. Some of us just endured a difficult Thanksgiving and you're already stressed about Christmas. Maybe you need to prayerfully set some boundaries before you get to Christmas. Maybe your boundary is, I'm sorry, we can't go to four houses this year. We can do two. We can't do four. We love you. Could, could we set a date in January that we could get together and celebrate? Pastor Dave's birthday is on the 6th. Maybe we could come over then. Elvis' birthday's on the 8th. Maybe we could come over, have peanut butter and banana sandwiches. I don't know. But I can't do four houses. I can only do two. Or maybe you tell Grandma, Grandma, you know we love being with you at Christmas. Or maybe you don't even tell her, but you talk, about it, <laughs> you talk about it amongst yourselves and say, yeah, we're going to Grandma's, but we ain't staying all day. You know after four hours, crazy Uncle Harry gets even crazier. So when hour three rolls around, I'm setting a, I'm setting a reminder. Setting my watch to vibrate. It's time to go at hour number. Three hours. You can eat a lot of turkey in three hours. Right? You can listen to a lot of crazy jokes in three hours. You can watch a Christmas movie in three hours. But when three hours is over, it's a boundary. You're grabbing the diaper bag, you're grabbing the, the purse, you're getting your kids together, and you're going home. So you can enjoy Christmas too. All the grandmas just glaring at me right now. You just wait. I, I'm a grandma. Well, I'm not a grandma. I'm a grandpa. I understand. But it's okay to have some boundaries. I don't know what your boundary is, but you do. Don't be afraid to set it without guilt. Not talking about being spiteful or mean, but I'm talking about being intentional for your own health and the health of your family. Jesus had no trouble setting it. And even when people didn't like it, let me show you a couple more examples before we go. Do you know that Jesus offended a lot of people? So far in this series, we've talked about, we focused on how to navigate through offense and do it in a way that honors God. But here is a misconception in our culture today. Here's a misconception in our culture today. Our culture believes this. If I'm offended, then I must be right and you're wrong. That's a misconception about offense. But listen, Jesus was perfect. So he was never wrong. But yet he offended lots of people. Let me show you a couple examples. Luke chapter 4. He preaches his first public sermon. People got so offended at him that he, they attempted to throw him off of a cliff. Now sometimes I get nasty emails on Monday or Sunday night. No one's ever attempted to kill me yet. But Jesus' first time out of the gate offended so many people, they're going to attempt to throw him off of a cliff. But he set a boundary. He did not let them. Do you know what he did? The scripture tells us that he pushed his way or made his way through the crowd. Now, I don't know how he did it. Did he make himself invisible? I don't know. Or did Jesus start throwing elbows? You don't know. I don't know that he did, but you don't know that he didn't, right? Right? I just don't don't send me an email. We don't know what he did, but he passed through the crowd. They wanted to kill him, and he said, nope, it's not my time. You're not going to do it. He set a boundary. Well, that just doesn't sound like his character. Are you sure you really know the character of Jesus, all of it? John chapter 2, verse 13. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. And when he had made a whip of cords... Huh? Picture this. Jesus rolls into Jerusalem. He sees vendors in the church selling animals to be sacrificed. Remember, animal sacrifice is a huge part of their worship then. But some people were running scams. And what would happen is if Kyle brought his goat to, to, to the temple, the, the, some of the people there would look at that and, and they would you know, set themselves up to be officials. And they'd say, Kyle, I'm sorry, but you've got a faulty goat. You're not going to be able to sacrifice. you got too many blemishes on your goat. You're not going to be able to sacrifice your goat, Kyle. But good news, we've got some goats that have already passed inspection. And we'd be happy to sell you a goat today, Kyle, for three times what it's worth. They were running that type of scam. Jesus rolls into the temple. He sees this. He doesn't immediately respond. He actually walks away. Now, some of us would like to think that Jesus walked away for a time of prayer. Some of us would like to think that Jesus walked away for a time to sit down and write a sternly worded, well-thought-out letter. But that's not what the Scripture says. The Scripture says... He walked away to fashion a whip. Jesus got some testosterone and he is about to set a boundary. (laughs) He walks back into the temple and look at what he does. Verse 15, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers money. They got buckets of money. Jesus takes the bucket and pours it out. And then it says he overturned the table. Some of you are so uncomfortable right now. Like, I don't, that's not my Jesus. Yes, it is. He, I don't know if he kicked them over. I don't, I don't know if he just took his hands in. But he overturned their tables. He's, he's running them out. Jesus is basically saying, not today. You are not going to turn my father's house into a den of thieves. And he runs them out. He sets a boundary. Let me give you one more example. John chapter 6, verse 60. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, he, he was teaching some hard stuff. He was teaching that, listen, if you want to come to me, you have to make me, you got to make Jesus the number one priority in your life. You've got to leave everything else. He's got to be God, him and him alone. That's what he's teaching. And it was a hard teaching for them. They're like, ah, we don't, we don't know. Can we... Can we give up everything and, and, and really, you know, come after you? And they said, this is a hard saying. Who could understand it? Verse 61, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? Jesus said, are you offended at my teaching? Verse 66, and from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Now, in our day and time, if a bunch of people left Jesus, we just might assume there must be something wrong with Jesus. Again, because the way we look at offenses, if, if you offend me, I'm, I'm right and you're wrong. Someone is probably like, I told you he wasn't all that. Or we might say, Jesus, you know, many people are leaving your ministry. Shouldn't you run after them? Shouldn't you apologize, Jesus, for offending them? Jesus, just take down that tweet. Come on, Jesus, just delete That Facebook post, it's not that big a deal. Jesus, just issue an apology. Tell him you misspoke. But Jesus doesn't chase them. In fact, he does something else that we might find even more offensive. Look at verse 67. Now picture this. A bunch of people walked away from him. They're like, okay, Jesus, we were following you. We're part of your church, but we don't like some of the teaching. We're out of here. A bunch of people walked away. Jesus now looks at the remaining people. The 12, the closest, his inner circle. In verse 67, Jesus said to the 12, Do you also want to go away? Jesus does not beg people to like him. He doesn't beg people to follow him or believe in him. He sets a boundary, and he is at peace with it friends not everybody in your life is going to think you're awesome not everybody in your life is going to be a cheerleader not everybody in your life is on your team not everybody in your life wants to see you win i'm not saying we get hard hearts and we don't hard hearts and we don't trust people and we turn people away and we build walls. I'm not saying any of that, okay? I'm just saying we, in in a world that thrives on likes and shares and, and views and all these things where we're trying to look to people to validate us all the time, we've got to be people who are okay with knowing that not everybody likes us. Because if we bend over backwards to try to please people all the time, we will never do what God has called us to do. You can't do it. You cannot please people and please God. You just can't do it. So you got to get alone with Jesus. you got to say, Lord, what have you called me to do? How have you called me to do it? I'm going to stay fixed and focused on that. And people who don't support that, I'm going to set up some boundaries. That's what you got to do. Verse 68, Jesus said, boys, you want to go? And Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? For you have the words of life. Also, we've come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Not everybody understood his boundaries. Not everybody agreed with his boundaries. His boundaries cost him some friendships. It cost him relationships. But he knew if he was going to finish well, fulfill the plan that God has for his life, he would need some healthy boundaries, even if they offended people. This has been a short series for us, just three weeks, but it is been filled with so much practical application. God's word just has so much wisdom when we're trying to have healthy relationships in our lives. And I just want to take us a a moment here and, and just review a couple of things that we've talked about and maybe ask the Holy Spirit to apply his truth to our lives. I guess a few more questions as we close. Like we talked in this series about some of us are just really highly sensitive and we're easily offended. And if that's you, then just ask the Holy Spirit to help you with that. That's nothing to be ashamed of. That's something you have to hide. God already knows it. So just say, Lord, I'm recognizing that, you know, I talked to five people today and I was offended five times. Maybe it's not all with them. Maybe it's me. Maybe I got some issues I need healed. Would you help me with that, Lord? or maybe you're a rude person and you just speak and you act without ever considering how it will impact others ask Him to help you ask Him to make you self-aware ask Him to help you see how your words cut how your words wound people ask Him to help you think before you speak maybe you've been offended by someone and you haven't forgiven them could be months days even years and and that hurt is turning to bitterness and it's it's hardening your heart and you know it you say holy spirit help me with this i don't want to be i don't want to be that person i remember one time being so hurt by someone that i i spoke some words just me and god i'm not i'm not proud of this i i spoke some words i I, I, I literally, what the, the Bible would be like, I cursed them, really. I spoke negativity. I, I just spoke this out, and words have power. And I'll never forget, years later, going back to that place where I spoke those words. I said, Lord, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to carry this. This weight is too heavy. I asked him to help me, and I, I began to speak blessings over them. In the same place that I spoke curses, I just began to speak blessings over them. God, I ask that you bless their finances. God, I ask that you bless their marriage. Lord, I ask you to just, you know, I mean, I'm just anything I can think of, just pour out supernatural favor. And I can tell you, I walked away from that place a different person. Because the burden of bitterness had been released on the altar of forgiveness. And maybe that's you. Ask the Holy Spirit there's someone you need to apologize to, just do it. I know it's hard, but just do it. Are you a person with no boundaries and your lack of boundaries is, is an easy place for offense to occur? To occur, Then, then ask him to help you with that. Say, God, I, I need to have some of these boundaries in my life. Maybe you're a person that doesn't respect the boundaries of others. I didn't answer someone's call and they said, how, how dare you didn't answer my call? Said, Whoa, bro. We need to talk. <laughs> Are you a person that just always expects everybody to have time for you? You expect them to respond to your message immediately. You expect them to always include you in everything. You might be that person who doesn't understand boundaries. When someone tells you no, you say, Why not? <laughs> you need to understand boundaries. I don't know what God's talking to you about. I'm just saying, Whatever He's talking to each of us about, we go to Him. We say, Holy Spirit, you're our comforter, you're our counselor, you're our teacher. Would you help us in this area of our lives? Will you stand with me? Let's pray today. Father, your word is so rich and it's so deep. But God, it's also so practical. And over these past few weeks, we've talked about navigating through some of the high value relationships in our lives. And we want to do that well. And so whatever you would be speaking to each of us, I just pray, Lord, that we would listen, that we would hear. We'd be willing to surrender those things to you. You'd renew our mind. You'd change our way of thinking. You'd humble us. Help us to be teachable. Help us today to become more like Jesus. Help us this week, Lord, to apply the truths of your word to our lives give you thanks and we give you praise. I speak and pray blessings over every person in this room today, over every person listening to this message. God, I pray that your spirit, Father, would be real inside us and rest upon us, Father. Give us wisdom, God, to have healthy relationships with those you've called us to do life with. We give you thanks and we give you praise now, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen.